0: Hello, and welcome to Enneagram and Coffee, the podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Jane Case, and I am so happy to have coffee with you today. Hello. So I am recording this episode on the day that my book is officially live. It's technically, I guess, in stores, even though, you know, we're, none of us are going into stores right now. I was thinking about how normally on a launch day or, you know, the book release day, I would have run to the bookstore first thing in the morning just to see it on the shelves and taken pictures with it and been so excited. And it is a little bit different right now, right? We're self-distancing and I'm doing my best to find ways to celebrate. And one of those I thought would be an episode dedicated to the book and to the honest method that I use in the book. So I thought today we could do a reading. This section is in the beginning as I walk you through The Honest Method. So I named the book The Honest Enneagram because it's really talking about the importance of taking ourselves in honestly. And I do that through The Honest Method. So I'm going to go ahead and jump into the reading. Do you want to know the thing that has positively impacted my life more than anything else? It's not work ethic or connections or even self-care. In fact, I think it may surprise you. The thing that has impacted my life for the better in every single way is my ability to admit to myself and to others that I am sometimes the worst. I don't mean that I shame myself or I live in guilt. I mean that I stare at my worst traits and I hold them lightly. I own that I bring things to the table that aren't always helpful and I let that impact the way I move through the world. That awareness brings me the clarity I need to know how to grow my business, create healthy relationships, take care of my body and my heart, and create from a place of inspiration. Knowing where I fall short allows me to create a support plan. It allows others to feel comfortable and safe in my presence, and it actually helps me to do less harm to people who enter my path. However, the only reason that this works is because I started with a deep well of self-love. I learned to love myself no matter what. I learned that unconditional acceptance of who I am came from the ability to celebrate my strengths and also accept my weaknesses. This process, it has changed everything for me. We are all worthy of full self-acceptance and it's my belief that full self-acceptance starts with being honest. It's not honest to pretend like we don't have flaws and it's also not honest to pretend like we don't have strengths. True, honest, deep self-love requires our ability to hold both. You are so worthy of it all. Full, deep, rich self-acceptance for exactly who you are. No excuses and no apologies. Now let's talk in depth about having an honest relationship to yourself. Honest starts with honor your strengths. This is step one. This is the foundation of everything else that we are doing here. I need you to hold tightly to the fact that you, just like everyone else, are incredible. You're remarkable, truly. All of the tiny, intricate details that make up you are beyond awe-inspiring. I want you to get to the point where you can say, I am so proud of myself, for blank. Without apologizing, without wincing, without doing that thing we do where we say some of the words really quiet because we think that makes them less present. In order to have an honest relationship with yourself, you must first support that with not only self-acceptance, but also self-delight. Think of it this way. How would it feel if you were in a relationship and that person had never complimented you, and when they did compliment you, they were uncomfortable doing it? They started going in on all of the things you needed to work on. Would you feel safe there? Would you take their feedback and make positive changes in your life? I doubt it. You would shrivel up into a ball of self-loathing or hopefully you'd break up with that person as soon as possible. You can't do the work of growth until you first develop a safe place to land. O is for open your eyes to blind spots. We all know someone who tries to pretend like they don't have anything to look at. You watch them complain about their life over and over again and it seems so clear to you that if they just changed xyz then they'd be fine. But most people are terrified to look at their darkness. I was speaking to a woman at the end of a conference a few weeks ago, and she said, it's a monster in the closet situation. And she's totally right. We think it's so scary, so we freak out and we hide from it. And we let it take up a ton of brain space while we also, quite frankly, ignore it. Yet what happens when we open the closet? We find out that the monster was actually just a broom. Not exactly pretty, but not terrifying either. The more we can look into our darkness, the easier it is for us to deal with it. Remember, this is an ongoing process we're in. We are building a relationship to life that is rich, fulfilling, and kind. Getting honest with your blind spots and the things you use to cope will allow you to walk through the world doing less harm to yourself and to others. In is note a support plan. One of the biggest mistakes I see my clients make is that they try to get the results they want through the tactics of someone else. When they try that and they inevitably fail, instead of questioning if it was the tactic that didn't serve them, they start berating themselves for being failures, or they just give up and lose interest. The Enneagram shines a big, bright spotlight on why these tactics don't work. We are all different, and we all have unique motivations and fears that drive our daily habits. Get intimate with the motivations of your type so that you can truly know why you want the things you want, and develop a plan to achieve them that takes you into consideration. E is for Explore Your Contribution to Relationships. Did you know that we can truly only impact how we orient in the world? We can hope to impact others, but we can only truly guarantee our impact on ourselves. As we explore our contribution to relationships, it's important that we start with deeply accepting the reality that we can't rush the growth of others. It's so very tempting to try to get the people in our lives to show up how we want them to. I get questions all the time, like how do I get my type blank partner to blank? There's nothing wrong with the question and there are certainly ways to engage with numbers that help us feel seen and them to feel seen as well. However, what we have to be careful of is using the Enneagram as a tool to get what we want from the people in our lives without vulnerability and without looking at ourselves first. First and foremost, our work with the Enneagram is to look at ourselves, to do as much work as we can in owning our own blind spots and worldview. It is shockingly easy to shift our focus from there onto how other people in our lives aren't showing up in the ways we think they should, or even doing the work in the way we think they should. This can be a distraction from the beautiful work that is available to you. Start exploring what you bring to the table, both positively and negatively, in the relationships in your life. The Enneagram does a great job of laying this out for us, and I will share specifics for each number. However, you can likely already start to think of the patterns you have in your life. S is soften your path out of behavior patterns. We all have habits that simply aren't serving us. The Enneagram shines light on those vividly. There are self-help gurus out there teaching that the path to growth and change is in these areas, is simply to focus more, just keep going even when it sucks, buy more products, just be better. And I couldn't disagree more. Personal growth isn't about discipline. It's about understanding and making micro-shifts to be closer to who you want to be. It's about relationship. I used to think that my lack of progress meant that I just wasn't trying hard enough. Or honestly, that I was a failure. If I could just discipline myself enough, then I would be worthy of the good things I wanted in life. It wasn't until I decided to stop forcing myself into someone else's definition of good that I felt the freedom to truly start making shifts in my life. It wasn't until I quit discipline that I was able to make huge steps in my personal and professional life. I learned something that no one else was teaching. A clear-cut approach to personal growth, self-confidence, and creative expression that had nothing to do with shame and guilt. Instead, it's about curiosity and habit shifting. Focusing on how you operate, why something isn't working for you, and making micro-adjustments that serve you better. Taking the conversation from just be better and changing it to what do you need to feel supported in this process? And setting small, achievable goals to build a new habit. As mentioned earlier in the book, certain schools of the Enneagram use language to describe struggles of each type that I find shaming and, quite frankly, unhelpful. An example of this is calling type nines lazy. Here's how we can use this process with our type nines. The path of discipline looks like this. I watch more TV than I would like to. That means I'm lazy. I should wake up at 5 a.m. tomorrow and work out. If I were driven, that's what I would do. Hits snooze and misses their workout. Ah, I'm so lazy. Now the path of curiosity, I watch more TV than I would like to. Why do I watch TV? Well, I'm too tired to do anything else. Why am I so tired? I spent all day thinking about what others needed and trying to make them happy. What would it feel like if tomorrow I did my best to not give all of my energy away to other people? T is for turn that into something beautiful and share it with the world. I am of the belief that we are all creative. And we are all in need of creating. That doesn't mean that we are all artists or painters. I mean, we all have creative ways to express ourselves that need to be explored. Maybe for you that's writing or dancing or knitting, it doesn't have to be big and it doesn't have to be public. It just has to be pulling something out of you in new and engaging ways. When we create, we breathe new life into our days. We contribute to the world. We increase our sense of pride in who we are. And we can use what we make to show love to the people in our lives. And if those reasons don't do it for you, studies have shown that creating can actually reduce stress, anxiety, and temper mood swings. You have something beautiful to share, and we're all better off when you share it. Thank you all for joining me for this reading of The Honest Enneagram. If you haven't grabbed your copy yet, it's really easy to do so. Just go to thehonestenneagram.com, choose the outlet of your choice, and grab the book up. Thank you guys so much for being here. And as always, I will see you in the next episode.